And we are back here on another episode of Fantasies from the Bedroom, where we make all of your fantasies come true. I am your host, Jake Weiss. It is Wednesday, September 29th, and ironically, I'm not actually coming to you from a bedroom. I mean, maybe I guess technically I am. Uh, staying over at the folks' place in Westchester, uh, staying in my dad's office where they have a pull-out couch. So I guess for tonight it is my bedroom, but arguably not a permanent bedroom. But we will not let that stop us. We have a jam-packed episode today. We're going to, you know, I understand I missed last week. And here, let me explain. I was in Virginia all of last week, right? So last Tuesday, two Tuesdays or Wednesdays ago, I filmed the first, recorded the first one of these. I loved it. You know I love doing this. Last week, I'm in Virginia visiting my fiance's family for the week. We had a wedding the first weekend. We had, I said my fiance, like I'm actually talking to multiple listeners and like every one of you doesn't know in their name, Molly. Although maybe not Abe and Jackson, they might not know. So shout out to you guys. But my fiance's name is Molly. We're with Molly's family in Virginia. And, you know, I, I'll admit I brought the microphone, guys, to think about recording. But it, I ended up working a lot. Um, I was a little under the weather and then ended up working a lot. And it felt like a really hard sell after working during the day to say, hey, I'm going to be a little bit later up being for up for dinner or watching a movie tonight or whatever because I'm reporting, recording a podcast for my uh, 18 high school friends, like only seven of whom listen. So it was just a, it would have been a tough sell. And then I think late at night, like we were going back and Molly and I, when she just wouldn't have approved, it just, it, it wouldn't have worked. So I didn't do it last week. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I don't like missing weeks and I understand like then the pod kind of gets ruined. I'm going to do everything I can to not miss weeks going forward. Uh, you know, we can do a brief overview of week two uh, and then get into, obviously, the more detailed review of week three. Maybe do a pulse of the league where we're at after the first three weeks and, of course, get into week four. Uh, just want to say, miss all you guys. Hope we can uh, find a chance to see everyone soon. It was great um, to, to see those uh, over the last couple months and Hopefully we can all get together again soon. Just had to give a shout out to that missing my old high school friends. And what I want to do in terms of looking back at week two is, first of all, something I need to get better at overall that I'm never good at. I predict who I think is going to win, and then I do a bad job of kind of comparing how I did. Uh, Jason was kind enough to say to me that had Evan and I not beat <clears throat> uh, Mesh and Rosen, I would have gone 0 for 5 on my prediction. So... For once in my life, I believed in us, predicted us, and we won. Uh, so thanks to us for bending me to go for going 0-5. My mush continues. All I'll say is, ooh, and if, if that chair is making noise in the background, I'm sorry. It's very, uh, it makes the noise creaky. All right, that's the word I'm looking for, but it was so comfy. So I'm going to lean forward now. So if we just had a bit of uh, creakiness in the background, I apologize. You know, a good podcast host would like record new content at the end and then edit it to the beginning and say, sorry, the this pod, there's going to be creakiness in the background, but you're just going to get the live experience because we're not at that level of legitimate yet. 
perhaps if we ever got more than 15 listeners, I, listen, I would love if we got 15 listeners, but perhaps if we got more than that, I would uh, put some more editing chops in there. But from a week two perspective, <clears throat> what I want to say is there was really like a split, right? So we had two-ish close matchups, right? We beat Mesh and Rosen by only 18, and Robbie and uh, Robbie and Justin yet again at that point won the battle of the 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 Democrats versus the Republicans, taking down Tampa real estate by only 18. And then there were two mega blowouts, right? This was again week two. Jason and Brian took down Brent and Jay by 60, and then Statman and Mitch went crazy again in week two, and then beat Kesson Weissman by. 70 again they beat him by 70 that's incredible but the matchup again David and Henry were in a an absolute bloodbath against Jackson and Abe that ended with a three-point differential this time they emerged on top so good for them uh, and it was exciting week the only other uh, piece that's important for me to say is Statman and I were talking um, which to be clear doesn't happen often um, the last time we spoke was, uh, November of last year. He liked, uh, he had texted me first about that, that I do need, uh, for correction. I, I talked about how that was the battle of the street that Kess and Statman used to live on. I want to confirm for all of you who are on the edge of your seat. That is Cowden Lane. So that's the name of the street that they lived on. So that was the battle of Cowden Lane. And then I told Statman that Kess also texted me that, and Statman said he had a he had a couple of lines that are just worthwhile for you to know. First, he wanted to say he said when I said that Kess texted me as well. Statman said, "quote I'd say great minds think alike, but hard to call Kess a great mind after the shellacking I handed him this week." So, take that, Kess. And then quote again because Kess and Statman I guess are in multiple fantasy leagues together. Quote, if you need any additional content for breaking down my matchup with Kess, here's what I just texted him. Sorry you had to play me in both leagues. Who would have thought that I put up the most points in both leagues? What are the odds of that? Statman with some absolute fighting words, right? Shitting down Kess's throat there. Unfortunately, Kess will now have to wait like 13 weeks in fantasy football to respond or 12 weeks or whatever. But we'll see uh, who gets their due in like week 13 or whatever. And then just so you know, on Thursday, Stamman texted me, drop the pod, which I never did. So he's probably been seething. I and mean, we're going to only now talk about how he did week three. But that's your week two recap. Uh, it was an exciting week. Um, I'm sorry that I didn't get to go more in depth on it. We're just going to have to digest everything in week three. Uh, if you want a really detailed week two pod, happy at any point to go back and look at it. Uh, but we go in to week three. And so what we'll do is we'll talk about the week three matchups. We'll then do like a state of the league where we're at, right? Almost a quarter into the regular season in fantasy. I guess a little bit less than that, um, especially now with the longer season. Maybe it's more like a fifth of the way into the season. And then we can look at a little pickups, talk about where everything's at. But uh, heading into week three, we had... You know, really, only one very good matchup. We had one-ish close that was mine and Akko's matchup. But otherwise, a lot of beatdowns. Uh, we'll start like I always do, just kind of with the order Yahoo gives me, starting at the bottom. 
We had Jackson and Abe versus Robbie and Justin. And Jackson and Abe just put the beat down on him, right? 141 to 118. And Jackson and Abe did it, you know, I can't say that I thought there were going to be many times this year where I said that Mike Williams and Jamar Chase were the highest scoring points on a team for a week, and then that team had a really good week. That's why fantasy is just a fucking crapshoot. So that happened, but Mike Williams put up 30, Jamar Chase put up 20, and then they still got 18 from Henry, 17 from Moore, 20 from their two quarterbacks. Just a well-rounded week. Uh, nothing too crazy there. Again, you love the weeks when you get monster weeks from guys who you wouldn't normally expect. So awesome stuff over there. Not too much else to say. And then on the Robbie and Justin side, you know, Najee Harris finally with a good game. You know, this is the team that has a lot of young guys. Uh, they make the smart decision. They put Dalvin in over uh, Madison. Robin, Robbie had been talking to me that perhaps they should start Gronk over Madison because they were like Madison – won't catch as many passes or whatever. Then he goes out and has six receptions for 60 yards to pair with 112 rushing yards. Monster week. So also just a reminder that, like, yes, there are good running backs, but from a fantasy perspective, it's like insteps Alexander Madison to back up supposedly one of the best running backs in football and Dalvin Cook casually goes for 20 fantasy points. It's all just a fucking joke. Uh, what's interesting about this team is I will say you know, they took an interesting approach and did the Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook thing. And literally every week, all three guys have been in double digits and nearly all three weeks exceeded expectations. Like, you think to yourself it's not going to work, and then you realize it's like all three of those guys consistently put up points. So it's like, why not just have them all on the same team? Who really cares? Uh, so it's just interesting there. Uh, the Allen Robinson experiment seems like it's going to be a fucking nightmare because what the hell is going on in Chicago? Um, we'll talk about the rookie quarterbacks later. We'll do an NFL segment uh, real quick in between the weeks. But um, just bad performances kind of from everybody that wasn't really the Vikings or Najee Harris. Justin Fields being a starting quarterback in fantasy and putting up 3.92 points is uh, is impressive. Now, Luckily, they don't have to sit there and say that if they started Garoppolo, they would have won or whatever, but something tells me Fields is going to be taking a nice long break. So in the battle of, I don't even know if any of you live in New York anymore, uh, Jackson and Abe take the victory and are they get off the schneid after being 0-2. They're now 1-2 with a team that I think is fine. Robbie and Justin are 2-1, and though have not necessarily been lighting it up. Uh, I don't love their team, but I don't hate it. I think the Allen Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Justin Fields trio is not a trio that I love. So we'll see how they handle things. But big win for uh, Peyton's man thing to get off the, the schneid. David and Henry put an absolute beat down on Weissman and Kess. Uh, this is the battle of the roommates, right? We get to do that. Um, let it be known also, Swirlies for the loser, Weissman and Kess still has like an eight-year-old picture of Akko as their picture. And then, like, David and Henry's name is Akko and Waston worried about COVID. So, like, there's, like, a lot of obsession with Akko, and at times it borders on creepy. Uh, so just needed to, like, put that out there. And David and Henry on this win, in sort of the juxtaposition to if Mike Williams and Jamar Chase 
are your top scorers. If I told you that A.J. Brown was only going to score .3 points, you'd probably say you're going to lose. But literally everybody else on David Henry's team went so off other than Leonard Fournette. Uh, just a really, really good week from their skill position players. Cooper Cup, Zeke, Mike Evans, Logan Thomas, all around. Um, just a really good week. Antonio Gibson. And, uh, you know, that's interesting. If you had asked me, did Teddy Bridgewater have a good fantasy day, I would have told you, yeah, they beat the Jets 26 nothing. But it was all defense, field goals, and rushing touchdowns. So he only had 12 points. Uh, much better real quarterback than fantasy last week. But they still put up a good week. And they didn't need to do much because even with two QBs and an extra flex, Weissman and Kess went out there and put up nice old 97.6 points. Only had four guys in double digits. I actually love this team, and I, like it's like every year I love their team, and then I just curse it. This team has come. How do they have this team? Oh, because they kept Jonathan Taylor. They have Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Tyreek Hill, and Keenan Allen. That's an awesome team. But and they didn't even get. You know, you think because they have Matt Ryan and Big Ben as their QBs. That's a tough QB situation. But they honestly went even on the QB situation. It was Tyreek and Jonathan Taylor both had bad weeks. Julio, it seems like, could be a real bust. Noah Fant was bad. I still like this team, and I think they have a shot. Uh, they, they will need to figure out the quarterback thing, but I like their skill position, guys, other than Julio, who seems a little questionable. But we'll see if Swirlies can turn around, but they get their ass absolutely kicked. Um, and before I move on, shout out, Henry's officially moving out of his two-month stint in the Upper East Side, heading down to Fidei. We will miss you. It's a pleasure having you up here, and enjoy Fidei. Uh, with that, we move on to the next matchup. We got Statman and Mitch. After two weeks of kicking ass and putting up a lot of points, came throttling back down to earth against Jay and Brent. Um... Stamina and Mitch, though, is still in first place, but we'll get to that later. Stamina and Mitch also don't cross the 100-point threshold. You know, this is the team that drafted the two first-round QBs, and they still got 35 from their two first-round QBs, but they lost the QB battle to Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. And again, it's going to be hard for Stamina and Mitch, the way they drafted their team. They sort of have to win the QB battle by, like, minimum 10 points every week because logically— they're going to lose a lot of the skill position battle. It doesn't help that Damian Harris has kind of been a little bit of a bust so far because uh, that's got to be a key skill position guy. Smith-Schuster, a little hurt. It, you know, a lot of different things here, but uh, we'll see if they can turn things around. But a tough performance all around uh, from the team. Other, Shockingly, you know, Brandon Cokes has been awesome. I, that guy, I mean, just what a unique career that young man has had. Um, but averaging like 17 or 16 fantasy points. So so good for him. On the other side, Jay and Brent, the machines, just had a machine-like week. Nearly everybody in double digits, right? Really good week, a strong bench performance. And, you know, this is what happens to me in fantasy, and, and, and hear me out, guys, right? So, like, DeAndre Swift, I would have not touched him with a 10-foot pole. Zach Moss would have stayed away from him. Jamal Williams, also on Detroit, would have stayed away from him. And it's one of those things where it's like, I'd still probably not take those guys, right? I'd be like, no, I don't necessarily want them. But it's like, Swift has 
two 20-point performances, right? Jamal Williams has a 20-point performance and a 14-point performance. I think Zach Moss now has back-to-back good weeks, right? Yeah, back-to-back 15-plus point performances. And it's like, at what point am I just wrong? And it's like, oh, it's awesome to have all those guys. So this feels like one of those teams where they're just going to keep getting productions from guys. Like, I didn't want Thielen. I thought all this stuff was going to go to Jefferson. It's like, Thielen's having an awesome season. So I didn't want Jalen Hurts. This is one of those teams where it's like, I didn't want a single guy on this team, except for Hilaire, who until this week had been bad. But they're all going to be good. So good for the machines. Good win. Um, just solid play all around. It, it's a good team. I just hate every player on it. So I'll have to figure out what that means for me. We move to what was obviously the matchup of the week. Kind of fun that every week we've had a matchup decided by two two or fewer points. Um, I'm happy to have not been in one of those so far because I think that they're incredibly stressful. Uh, but we had, I think, two newcomers to that level of stress, right? It wasn't Tampa. No, 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 yeah. So two newcomers to the level of stress. Uh, Connor and Pot versus Mesh and Rosen. A uh, solid matchup here. And, you know, both teams put up, both teams underperformed compared to projections, but they both put up near 120, so that's good. On the the uh, Mesh and Rosen side with the 119, you know, again, it's like it's a good performance. They got crap performances from Miles Sanders and Tassan Williams. And with the Miles Sanders things, right, like that's the Monday night game or whatever. And I'm sure I, I didn't watch it as intently as I want, but I'm sure it was one of those where you could look back and look at a couple different plays where it's like if he just broke that tackle or caught that pass or if they went to him instead of Gainwell or whatever, Right, they literally needed another point. I mean, they lost by half a point. It's it's honestly devastating. Like we're not giving it enough credit. That's fucking awful. Mesh and Rosen are zero and three and in tenth place. Um, I don't necessarily even think they have that bad of a team or anything like that. Uh, I just, uh, but I am amazed that um that that's the situation. So that's one of those like yeah, you're talking about Monday night, but it's one of those where I'm literally sure you could go through the whole week, right? And I'm sure every one of these guys, it's like one point here, one point there, whatever, right? It, it, I just can't even imagine. I, I I don't know how all of their guys' weeks went, but I can imagine it's like that. On the other side, Hunt and Connor kind of have to feel like they stole one here, right, with Miles Sanders only pulling off seven on Monday night. They get an absolute monster performance from Josh Allen, solid performances from Eckler, Chris Godwin, Newly added Cordell Patterson, who's killing me with the um, Mike Davis world. And, you know, this is a win that Connor and Pot have to be happy for because they left Kareem Hunt, James Robinson, and Naheem Hines all on their bench. Jesus Christmas, this is an awesome team. Oh, my gosh. Wow, an incredible team. Oh, I realized they had Amari Cooper, so it was a battle on Monday night. Cooper didn't even play well, and they still won. Wow, what a matchup. But... You know, I'm not necessarily saying that I blame them for starting Patterson and Beckham, OBJ, over any of Kareem Hunt, James Robinson, and Naheem Hines. I think those were reasonable decisions. But it's one of those where if you lose and you lose by a couple points and you look at your bench, you say to yourself, like, oh, my gosh, we should have just started those guys. Man, they're going to have some tough starting decisions. I absolutely love this team. Uh, Definitely the team that I think is the best in the league right now uh, by far. Wow. Tampa real estate, good for you guys. 
could be champs again. Um, it's really great. I'm sure like you guys needed the ego boost. We move then to the final matchup of the week. Us versus Brian and Jason. Um, we'll actually start with Brian and Jason's team. To be honest, their team's fine. Right? Like, it, it's a similar team with the machines where I think it's a lot of guys that I didn't like. They're going to keep performing. I was so out on Brady as a fantasy quarterback and the guy's averaging 29 fantasy points a week. Uh, I was out on Saquon. Of course, he had 10 combined points in the first two weeks and then puts up 18 against me. Right? Like... Daniel Jones even. Daniel Jones has been a good fantasy court. It's just like I hate all of this. Um, they had a fine week. They put up 122. Um, nothing too crazy. I I don't love this team. Granted, Daryl Henderson and Eli Mitchell were hurt or whatever his name is. So they have better guys than like the Court and Sutton, Will Fuller. It's just not I, – I didn't – we were up against, like, Debo, Corton Southern, Will Fuller. I was like, oh, my God, there's Daniel Jones. There were so many guys I was happy to play. We still lost. Um, but, again, they didn't even have any big performance besides Brady. On our side, and now we're getting to it, it's like I'm getting tired of this, guys. Like, I, I don't know what I did. Maybe it's what I could do. But like, I don't know what I did to deserve what – continually happens to me in fantasy. Um, and it's like, and, and I get it. Everybody was like making fun of us for having a similar team to 2020. But now the same guy, like it's not just that we have similar guys, but now the same things are happening. So Christian McCaffrey, again, who prior to last year had never gotten hurt in his high school, collegiate or professional career, now hurt again and not just hurt, but hurt on a Thursday night game against the Houston Texans in which then the Panthers ran for three rushing touchdowns. So I can't even imagine how many fantasy points Christian McCaffrey would have had and that that's a win, right? So it's like, wait, but now he's hurt again. I don't, I, I can't even begin to fathom that. Deontay Johnson, who is Mr. Glass, I don't know if any of you saw this, but in week two, even though the Steelers were down by two scores, on the last play of the game, they just threw it to him. Great, he got like a 10-yard gain. Got tackled, hurt, missed the game. So we're dealing with Deontay Johnson being out. And then somehow we're also dealing with Robert Woods being a disappointment. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words on that experience. I, I hate every bit of it. And I have Mike Davis again. And I'm back to the Mike Davis that was the second half of last season where it's like he somehow accumulates eight or nine fantasy points, but it's miserable experience to have him. He doesn't know how to get in the end zone. And, you know, like Mike Davis this season has 8.7, 9.8, and 9 points. I mean, like, that's livable. So, like, you can't be mad, right, if he does it. But, like, he's it's just so frustrating. I, and, again, I don't really know what, like, I did – to deserve this continually happening, right? Like, it, it, it just, like, I don't even know if I care about the wins or loss. It's like, I, it, it's like I always just expect miserable things to happen, and then they do. And, like, to, to get Christian McCaffrey again this year and for it to look like he's going to be a monster again, and then in week three and on national television, it's like I, I'm just really frustrated and... You know, we talked about it in the in the group chat, and I said the Mets fan, the Jets fan. Um, 
Judaism, which sparked a lot of controversy among our group. I understand we got a lot of tribesmen walking among us, but you guys are walking around like being a member of the tribe has been like being a Yankee fan or being a Patriots fan here since like the 1930s. Like, geez, guys, this is not a successful history. And if you need an active history lesson to remind you why it's been a difficult history, I am happy to provide that to you in detail. Just give me a call. But anyway... I don't understand why it's all losing franchises, all misery. Um, I think I'm a better guy, and it's like, at least I have my seventh grade summer baseball championship. Like, I guess that that's just what I'm going to have to hang my hat on. Right? Like, that's still carrying me to this day. Um, but, look, here we are, heading into week four, late September. The Jets are an embarrassment. The Mets are out of it disappointingly the Yankees are in it and look good my fantasy team makes me miserable time's a flat fucking circle time is a flat circle nothing ever changes the same pod I guarantee you if we go listen to week four last year I would have told you disappointing Mets season Jets look like the embarrassment of the league I'm frustrated with my fantasy team because Christian McCaffrey's hurt and I don't know what to do and I have to overspend on a crappy backup and have a miserable fantasy season and it's just a flat circle, right? Um, And I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. I'm sure there are more examples. And you know what? We're still somehow in like a weird pandemic. Like we're not, but we are. So like I, I don't even know. Literally September 29th, 2020. I don't know what was different about it than September 29th, 2021. Um, as a quick aside, before we head into the league, I, I did get engaged and, and I am very happy with my fiance. So for all of you who were thinking that, no, no, you don't need to say anything. Um, I am happy there. So that is something that changed and something that is not necessarily uh, flat circle So I want to make that clear that I am aware of that. Uh, with that, that kind of closes the uh, week three recap up. Want to just do a pulse check on the league. So here's where we're at. In first place, with the second most points scored, which I always like when that kind of plays out that way, Statman and Mitch Morningwoodhead. And by the grace of God, I think that they have like the fourth or fifth most points against. So it's not necessarily a classic Statman and Mitch year. And one way that you know, well, so there's going to be two interpretations of this. One way you know that Statman and Mitch have a good team is they haven't used their waiver budget. It could also mean they're not paying attention. Who knows? But they're one of uh, they're one of three teams in the league to not have used their waiver budget. Same with Jay and Brent and uh, Justin and Robbie. Very, very interesting. By the way, Akko and I have used $66 of our waiver budget, and our team is still terrible. So let that sink in. At the bottom of the league is uh, Mesh and Rosen, which is shocking, but they have, you know, they have only the third fewest points scored, so somewhat earned their way there. They do have a fair amount of points against, but pretty, uh, pretty mediocre so far. We have the the fewest points scored. Can't say I'm shocked there. Uh, with with Weissman and Kess nipping at our tails, uh, with only two more points scored. So the team with the most points scored 
the this year's Statman and Mitch is Peyton's man thing, Jackson and Abe, with 439, 20 points ahead of everybody else, but they have 436 points against. So a really, really, uh, you know, that was the one who I think Statman, right, it was a big matchup, whatever, it was David, right, they, they had a really close matchup against them. So very interesting, and then we got, a, you know, a lot of teams packed at 2-1, and 1-2, one, one and two, a lot of reasonably good teams. Again, you heard me say that right now, I think that Connor and Pot have my favorite roster, uh, but we'll see how that plays out. Very, very interesting. Like I said, waiver budgets kind of abound. Us and Jackson and Abe are the ones that have used a significant portion. A lot of teams still with a lot, lot of waiver left, which is probably the smart move. Likely some major injuries to go. And you know what's sad is I used to always have a segment here on looking at the waiver wire and uh, looking at, you know, funny uh, defense or kicker additions, but none of that's going to happen. What I can look at is just dollars spent. So very interestingly, Peyton Barber on the Raiders went for more than Chuba Hubbard, where I think Hubbard's going to be the starting back for a lot longer and is on a better team or whatever. Barber has Kenyon Drake, but Barber with a massive week. Jackson A paid 24 for him. They also then go and pay $12 for Heineke. I think that that was a mistake. I, I understand wanting your guy, but I find it hard to believe that somebody was bidding $12 on Heineke. We had to spend our 22 on Hubbard. I wish that they like showed ooh, FAB offers. I actually want to see. How does this work? Oh, lower offer. So Mesh and uh, Rosen offered 16 for Hubbard. So I don't feel that bad. The one that kills me is Trey Sermon. We paid $12 and only Mesh and Rosen offered zero. That hurts. And we paid Sam Darnold. We paid 18 Next guy was 10 This is not fun. I would not recommend doing this. Don't look at this um, thing. That's a miserable experience. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we don't have, we've used a lot of uh, waiver budget. So, interesting. We'll see how that kind of keeps playing out. All right. 30 minutes in. Uh, just a quick pulse on the NFL. Um, New York's the laughing stock, both the Jets and the Giants. Um, I personally think the Rams are the best team in football. And I think the Bills are on the rise. I think that those are your two best teams right now. I also think anybody that's worrying about the Chiefs is crazy on crazy pills. They'll be just fine. Looking at our week four matchup, we got Jackson and Abe versus Weissman and Kess. Two of our one and two teams, but I think a very different story on these two, right? I think Jackson and Abe have scored a hundred more points than Weissman and Kess. Um, but again, Weissman and Kess, I think like shadily kind of have a good team. We'll see if they can put it together. And Jackson and Abe is one of those where they have a lot of points, but like Derek Henry had a 40 point week and Mike Williams just had a massive week. So I know that this is going to seem crazy to everybody, and Jackson Abe has a good team with Dak and Marvin Jones, Jamar Chase, Derrick Henry, Montgomery, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Williams, DJ Moore, and Rodgers. That's a complete team. Oh, he's been guessing Roethlisberger. It's really tough to pick Roethlisberger, and I don't necessarily think Jared Goff represents a bigger upgrade, but I am going to vote that 
Weissman and Cass pull off the upset here. It'll be very interesting to see if any lineup changes get made as we get closer to Sunday on either side here. But Weissman and Cass, I think that Jonathan Taylor's due for a breakout. Wait, he's questionable? Maybe I'm crazy. Limited in practice. Ay, ay, ay. Um... So we'll see. I, I think he's finally going to have a breakout week, but I also could see that he's potentially this year's bust. So we'll see. Maybe this is my last time ever picking Weissman and Kess, but I'm going to pick them to uh, to win in an upset, though the projections have them at even, but based on how teams have performed this season. So Weissman and Kess take down Jackson and Abe. We moved uh, David and Hank playing Jay and Brent. And this is a battle of second and third place. So a little bit of battle for early dominance. Um, David and Hank really, you know, need to, if uh, A.J. Brown's hurt, because now T. Higgins is hurt. So this team dealing with some injuries at wide receiver, they'll have to decide, are they willing to risk it with either of Corey Davis and Jalen Waddle, both who I think are very good wide receivers, but both of whom have some quarterback issues. Uh, so we'll see. Still a lot of good players, though, to potentially plug in there. And then on the other side, Jay and Brent, they have yet to do it. But are they ever going to start both Detroit Lion running backs? I mean, can you think what type of weird, fucked up world or simulation are we living in where I just legitimately said, are they going to consider starting both Detroit Lions running backs? That would be crazy. By the way. Quick aside, I, 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 I think Jets fandom has been pretty bad as a Jets fan, but it seems like being a Lions fan has probably been the worst thing, even in our lifetime of just the NFL. I don't need to talk about other sports. I don't. I'm not thinking enough about all the sports, right? But like, they're never good. And they've, like, never really been good, right? Like, they had a couple Stafford years where they made the playoffs, but I feel like they've lost them all. Um, and, like, they have the 0-16 season with the stepping out of the end zone, right? They have the Rodgers Hail Mary. They get their butt kicked on Thanksgiving. And then to lose the way they did against the Ravens and then to watch Stafford go out there and, uh, you know, just, like, look awesome. It's just got to be tough. That Ravens thing, in in what universe they let that 4th and 19 get complete? And, of course, the delay of game, it sucks. They should have called it, but that's on the Lions for that 4th and 19. By the way, shout-out Sammy Watkins for, like, the worst football decision not going out of bounds. But anyway, Jay and Brent this week not starting the two Lions running backs to tie it together. Um, I'm going to pick them to win. Only because of David and Henry's like wide receiver injury issues. Though, again, I kind of like their bench options, uh, particularly Waddle, who I know they just added. But I like Nick Chubb. I like Devontae Adams. I don't even know why I'm picking this team, but I'm picking Jay and Brent. I got to be a man of my word. We'll see what happens. Uh, either way, that's a big matchup for teams battling for, uh, for early jockeying, right? Would be important. So here we have a matchup, our next one, that... It's one of those where either the you know the league continues to split between good teams and bad teams or teams with good records and bad, or we start to shrink the league. So it's tough to know as a bad team myself what to root for in this situation. We got Mesh and Rosen at 0 and 3 versus Robbie and Justin at 2 and 1. 
So take me through. Let me take you through my thought process here. Right, the issues here. Mesh and Rosen. If if they lose, that's good for us in the sense of like we continue to not be the worst team. There continue to be other bad teams. You know, they continue not be as much competition, particularly if we do win. On the other hand, if we're trying to claw our way up, we kind of want the teams that are currently at the top to lose so that it's easier to get up there. So I never really know what to root for in these situations. And obviously the answer is like it's early in the season. We just need to keep winning. But as I find that unlikely because God hates me, interested to what to root for here. I also find it fascinating, like, looking at Mesh and Rosen's team, why Yahoo hates Tyson Williams and only is projecting him seven points. They keep doing that, and obviously I know they were right last week, but otherwise, guys gone double digits. Like, it's the Ravens. They're going to run. He's likely going to score. Um, you know, this is interesting for Mesh and Rosen. Brandon Ayuk finally had that breakout game that we've kind of been waiting for. Was that a fluke in a high-scoring game, or is he finally going to be a part of the offense? Uh, so we will see. Overall, this is a team starting Brandon Ayuk, Cole Beasley, Michael Pittman, and Tyson Williams. And, like, I get that all those guys can play well, and a lot of them did play well last week. But I just, I think that there are better teams starting better guys. I don't necessarily know if Robbie and Justin are that team. What I like about Robbie and Justin is that right now they're showing some balls. I think a lot of people let projections impact their decision making I think a lot of people have trouble putting a guy in where the projection is lower than other guys no matter what Robbie and Justin benched Allen Robinson for Emmanuel Sanders seemingly and benched Kyle Pitts for Gronk now you could view this two ways right smart decision after a while or those guys are due I kind of like it as a locker room move I think it shows you got to earn your spot in the lineup could ignite some of those guys, right? Uh, there's a chance that Allen Robinson, even though he's incredibly talented, nothing good's going to happen. But I think the reality is against the Detroit team, honestly, they've had a better defense and they kind of shut down the Ravens. But I think Chicago will be more in that game. They'll have a better game plan. I'm not saying start fields in Robinson, but I think you'll see that offense start to turn it around. As is usually the case with Robbie and Justin, it comes down to Minnesota and they're playing Cleveland, who's been giving up a lot of points. They're coming off the high of Chicago. So, um, you know, again, I don't love either of these teams. Not that I like my own team, but I don't love a lot of these teams here. Um, I actually don't like Robbie and Justin's team much at all. So even though I didn't love any of the guys Mesh and Rosen are starting, they still have Mahomes, DK Metcalf, and Kelsey, and Stafford. So... I'll go with them. I think Mahomes and Stafford versus Cousins and Garoppolo. For Mesh and Rosen to win, keys to the matchup here. They need to win the quarterback matchup by 10 to 15 points minimum. Um, not that I love who Robbie and Justin have, but that's just part of their advantage here, right? Robbie and Justin, again, are another one of those teams that waited a while to take quarterback. So you got to beat them if you're playing them at quarterback. So very interesting there. Uh, see who wins that one. Two more matchups to go. We got Connor and Pot. Versus Brian and Jason, another matchup of two and one teams again, trying to show who's really belongs at the top. And I feel like this is one of those matchups where, like in um, sports or whatever you talk about, like brains versus bronze, like uh, analytics versus culture and morale, right? I think Connor and Pot. There's just this world I have. I know where like they never research anything. 
It's totally feel. They're making up as they go along. Whereas like Jason's been running our models every single day to figure out who's the optimal person to start. So I think it's very, very, uh, I think it's very ironic here. Very interested to see who pulls off the victory. I really like Connor and Pot's team like I talked about. And I love their depth. I honestly can't believe that they're starting OBJ over Patterson, Hunt, and maybe even Hines, and maybe even Drake. If Jacobs is out, I, I guess he's the number one option. But we'll see. This team is awesome. I'm picking Connor and Pot, right? I, this team is awesome. Every time I look at it, I love it. So... We'll see. Brian and Jason could easily win. Yahoo loves a lot of the guys on their team. But I'm going kind of strongly with uh, Connor and Pod here to take the win. And we'll see uh, if the analytics back me up. And then last but certainly not least, you have the bottom of the barrel. Jake and Evan in ninth place versus the top of the barrel. Statman and Mitch in first place. Um, I used to always have to and got guarded by Statman whenever we would play pickup basketball. So that's what I'm dubbing this matchup. And I feel like Akko and Mitch maybe guarded each other. So this is the guard each other and pick up basketball matchup. Um, you know, Akko and I already by week four are projected to score the lowest amount of points in the league by six points, right, in a week. It's just like, here we are. We're already in this situation, right? We're starting, you know, in a world where Trey Sermon ends up being the starting player for um, for us, right, or gets the nod for San Francisco and we put him in maybe over like a Jacoby Myers or something, right, or even a Mike Davis. It's like we're starting a rookie in Javante, a rookie in Chuba Hubbard, potentially a rookie in Trey Sermon. We got Justin Herbert, a second-year guy, Jacoby Myers, a shitty uh, – this team sucks. Right, like our team sucks. I get it. With McCaffrey and Deontay Johnson, both those guys would make our lineup a lot better. I hate everything. I hate everything and everyone. Ridley and Woods suck. Uh, last year we didn't pick Ridley. It killed us. This year we did. It killed us. Uh, Statman and Mitch. This team's fine. I actually like that they benched uh, for them. Not for me. They benched Damian Harris. I think that's a smart move. Again, that's a locker room move. We'll see. Um... It's just a solid team. They're definitely going to beat us. There's just no doubt in my mind. Um, it would be nice if Herbert and Tannehill played well. Tannehill's got the Jets, so hopefully he goes off. Uh, but they're going to beat us. We're going to fall to 1-3, and three, probably in last place. I think Mesh and Rosen are going to win. So, yeah, no, I know that I seem a little down. Maybe that makes the pod less fun. I'm just beaten down by the misery of fantasy, right? Like, I just can't handle it. And, like, the misery of the real sports world. And it's just, like, it's just, what is the, the point, guys? What is the point, right? And, like, nobody even listens to this pod. Um, so, that's it. Uh, another good week um, here, I hope, on Fantasies from the Bedroom. Maybe that's all I have here. Um, but, been an absolute pleasure. We'll come back next week. We'll see where we're at after the four-week point. Maybe we'll start bringing on some other people for interviews. Would love some feedback if you've made it this far on what you want to see, what else we could do to make the pod interesting, but maybe we'll get some interviews going. Uh, with that, th you know, this has been another episode of Fantasies from the Bedroom. I've been your host, Jake, signing off.